Chats with Larry is a podcast of phone call conversations of me with my best buddy, Larry Keene. Larry is a retired minister and sociology professor, and he has the biggest heart of anyone I know. I'm Rabbi Brian, an ordained rabbi who heads religion outside the box, where I create great spiritual faith religious content for intelligent digital age seekers like you. People of all religious affiliations of none and everyone in between. I decided surreptitiously to record my chats with Larry with the hope that he would later give permission so that you might enjoy listening in. As you can deduce, Larry gave his blessing. Enjoy as we talk about philosophy, religion, sociology, and life. With love, I'm Rabbi Brian. On today's Rabbi Brian Chats with Larry, eight things. One, the French philosopher Albert Camus. Two, how Larry and Virginia met and got married. Three, what do you do when someone falls from grace? Quick answer, love them anyway. Four, giving and virtue signaling. Five, how Larry and Virginia tease each other. Six, how love and humor go together. Seven, humor in the Christian and Hebrew Bibles. And eight, letting go and not being in control. I was just about to read to Virginia a statement by uh, Camus, uh, the French philosopher. Is that what you kids do in your spare time? Is you all the you, time? You, we're talking deep philosophy all the time, and it touches on what you were the question you were raising yesterday. So let me read it because I think you would really appreciate it. In the midst of hate. I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. Isn't that Mm. a beautiful line? In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. Oh, I love that. Isn't that something? I, I realized through it all, that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. That just brings tears to my eyes, these words. And that makes me happy. For it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Amen to that. Oh, that's beautiful, buddy. Isn't, isn't that great? What's, what's Virginia's uh, opinion on that? Well, I can't talk. I'm crying. She can't talk. She's crying. Could, God, she, could, she, has, could she sing she something has, for us? She has. Oh, yeah. You, want to, you got something you can sing that's appropriate there? <laughs> oh, if she can't talk, she could still sing. That is beautiful. <laughs> Within... Hate, I have found invincible love from tears, invincible smile, chaos, invincible calm. And through the winter, I have found within me an invincible summer. Yes. Hot diggity. All that is within me pushing right back. Yeah. And that touches on this thing about you and uh, uh, about Oh, I don't. I don't know what son. she's giggling at, but you guys need some time alone. I think. No, yeah, she wants a room. No, I'm laughing. I just. You don't know why you're laughing. You're just. In the... <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't get my. I can't get straightened out after what I did last night. 
Um, do I even want to know? I think not. Uh, Jim, no, no, you're not going to tell it. I don't have that much you don't time. Know it. The sleep, the talking. No, what happened was I fell asleep in my chair. He had gone to bed, but I fell asleep in here. Yeah. And then I woke up and I, no, I, I woke up kind of normal time and I went in and I, I got dressed for bed, but. Jenny. But I, I thought, I'm, oh, I'm so tired. I can't go turn off lights and stuff right now. I'm just going to lie down a second. And I laid down and I got wakened up by the TVs still going at six o'clock this morning. I got up. I'm so fast going through all everything and turning lights off and, and TVs off and getting back at bed. Before Jim, Jim bring that two sentence to a close. So then, for some reason, Larry, there's an so open microphone. Way, I can't stop talking. Yeah, that's the thing. Scott's take, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. You're fabulous, lady. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Six, me up. 63. Years. 63 years together. <laughs> she, she was similarly afflicted when she was 17. You that met girl. when you were 17 years old. Mm-hmm. That's when you got married. Well, yes. shortly after that. And, and right, met. Virginia needed a permission from her daddy to get married that's under right. 18. That's so right. I was the one that needed we were the same age, no, but we I needed the permission from my parents because you had to be 21, and I was 20. Uh, wait, and how old was Virginia? She was, was 20, 20 as well. I was not. I was not 20 when I got married. You were 19? You don't even know how old I am, Larry. What's wrong with Oh, that's right. We got married in September. She wasn't 20 until November, but the point is... Wait a second. From, from my rival... My understanding of it, Virginia, when you got married, was negative 46 years old, which is why she's only 23 now. She's been living with that illusion, yes, for a long time. So you I'm needed permission. I'm sharing this with you because you're my dearest of friends. Yeah, yeah. So, so Larry, you yeah. needed permission to get married. Yeah. That really ticked me off. Yeah, you... I had to write my parents. They had to get a notarized statement. Virginia didn't need her parents' permission? Correct. The state of California assumed. Why did you have to get my dad's Jim, permission? This Mary? is my phone call. Cool it, girl. Why did you have to get my dad's permission? So, Mary me. yeah, there was a. They believe that girls were mature earlier, so they yeah. allowed oh, well, there you go. 19 year olds to marry, That's but they wouldn't allow 20 year old males to marry. Isn't it funny how things are? Crazy. That's one of the few examples where reverse discrimination, you know, it's always been the other way that women were given the short. Yeah, dude, I think this was so men could be with younger women. I think uh, I don't I don't see this as a good thing. (laughs) I hope it's changed. I don't know. For for anyone that I've done, it it would be either party is under 18. Mm hmm. So let me ask you a question. You and I talked a little bit about yesterday. Uh, what do you do when somebody is defrocked? I don't know the right word. Who's fallen from grace? Who they 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 sure. they produce so many good works, and then you find out some bad part about their character, and then sure. the question is: Is there do do you do undo their works as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said no. 
And you said you love them for that. And I think one of us might have been you uh, said that Jesus was hanging out with people who were sinners. Yeah. And he loved them anyway. And you said to me, and that part hit me hard. uh, You said, Brian, it's like it's a challenge for you to find out if you could love them. Right. It's it's self-revelatory, is it not? That it tells as much about you as it does the other person. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, say that again and expand on it. Yeah, it's, it kind of reveals who you are. Do you have the capacity to love someone enough? Yeah. Even though they're flawed. Can you, are you oh. that uh, godlike? So I, I could give out say. merit badges for being able to love faulty people. Yeah, as long as they don't wear them. Well, it's not a modesty badge, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. I I'll tell you why is because I see enough people in my spiritual direction practice who don't allow themselves to toot their own horn at all, and it yeah. in the absence of some horn tooting, they some really malignant things happen. And so maybe I go too far on the other side of just, but I, I don't think there's a reason that we shouldn't toot our own horns. Yes, stay modest, but you know, when you're awesome, be awesome. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time with that personally, but I think some other people can do it more easily. Yeah, I don't think anyone uh, considers me to be a braggadocio. I don't think that's a word. Braggadocio? Yeah, braggadocio. I think it should yeah. be braggadocio. But mm. that's just funny to me and not to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he's not laughing. <laughs> it's what Larry I'm taught me a long time ago. He said, Brian, I heard what you said. I'm just not. No, I, I listened to what you said. I just wasn't hearing it. Yeah, I think that I think if you love somebody uh, who was flawed. Yeah. That sometimes, not always, but sometimes you're magnanimous love toward them can enable them, number one, to admit their failure and feel some contrition for it, feel great contrition for it, and uh, move to a better, you know, moral place within their own character and their own soul, seeing the error of their way. I'm not sure it moves everyone. You know, uh, love is pretty powerful, but is it... um, does it always have success stories? Well, I suspect uh, more than not. Well, it's what you you have you said. I think you put in the article about the the two who were friends. You said, "Does love always work?" No, but its yeah. opposite never does. But the opposite never does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's really fundamentally true. And what is it for God so loved the world that yeah. He gave? Yeah, and, uh, you should end the sentence there, right? Yeah, you could just end it right there. I think, it, uh, well, I'd still have a problem with the he masculine singular. Sure, of course. But, you bet. So God yeah. so loved the world that God gave, period. If you're a lover, you give. Mm. And, and you don't withhold. You give and you give and you give again. And then when it almost seems like it's not going to bear fruit, you keep on giving. Hopefully until it does, you know. And uh, well, and even if it doesn't, at least you get to live in the world. And even if it doesn't, yeah. that's right. Exactly. We're not doing this to gain heaven. How selfish, you know. 
We just do it because it's the godlike thing to do. You do it. No, there's a phrase, good. Larry Keen, and I, I don't know if you know it. It's a it's a younger phrase called virtue signaling. You know that phrase? Mm. I've never heard that. No. Yeah. So virtue signaling is when somebody says to their friend, they say, well, you know, I took the kids over the weekend. We went to the homeless shelter and then we had a hard time finding food because we're vegan because it's better for the environment. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's virtue signaling where you're saying. Mm, look at me, I'm virtuous. Yes, that's right. Now, couldn't I say that you run the risk of, if you're going to love the sinner anyway, if you're going to love someone and you're going to give them love, that you're virtue signaling? I mean, I guess that's the worst criticism I can lay at you, but th that's going to be hard to stick. Well, the thing that comes to my mind is if you just don't talk about it, if you just do it, if you just keep doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. mention it to anyone. Maybe that's behind uh, a statement Jesus made, but actually it's through the Old Testament. Don't let the left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's not in the Hebrew Scripture, is it? It's, I, I don't know. It just sounds like it would be. No, that's not know. a way of determining Scripture. Yeah, it's uh, so many of things that Jesus said, you can find a root in the, yeah. the, he, the Hebrew Bible. But I just love that statement. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Now, why? Why? I mean, that sounds like crazy, modern, metaphysical, woo-woo, spiritual. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, it's keep it to yourself. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, yeah. If you're doing good, just let the act Speak for okay, is that the context in which Jesus said it, or did he say it in some other kind of yeah, way? Yeah, I think that is the context. I can't remember right now what what was going on, but it's one of the great statements he made, because the Pharisees were in the public square talking about all the good things they did. Okay, done. yeah, yeah, if it was right that, after that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Then so then... Um, it seemed like a wonderful bit of practical advice. If you're talking about character building, stop trying to build yourself up. Just let who you are and what you do define you. Oh, no, I, I, tell, I don't tell people that. I say uh, rule number one is don't be an asshole. And then if you can do that, be do some good. But don't be yourself. I mean, if you're an asshole, don't be yourself, man. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. That no, that's right. Yeah, it just because you do it easily doesn't make it right. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. Just because you do it easily doesn't mean it right. I might even say, well, I wouldn't say it's always the opposite. No, it seems to me that a discussion like that would be so wonderful for your Saturday group uh, when you, you, you which, talk about which, character building. You know, so it, we. Uh, that's a, I put it down. I got a. Index card right here. I'm going to write down character building because we talk. We we talk. I could definitely bring that in. It's uh, just, we, you know, the, the left and the right hand thing. Yeah. Uh, the what uh, I I heard. Don't let the left hand know. God so loved the world he gave. Oh, I like that. I wrote that down already. Yeah, and that that would you know this notion of about loving and giving are really inextricably connected it seems to me it doesn't seem to me that if you love Janie you give oh do you want to know the honey do list that I had today <laughs> you give and you give and you give and, and you don't and, you, and the opposite is taking and that's why sex is 
honorable if it's a giving act and not a taking act, you know, non-exploitative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems to me. Yeah, it'd be given. I feel awkward when we talk about sex. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. But uh, that forum that, that you have where people feed into it, I can see your role. I can see you doing that. I do think, though, Larry, if you want to show up on a Saturday just to say hi to my group, they all know you. They already know of you. I did have one person email me and said, is Larry a real person? (laughs) And I wrote back and I said, why would you think I'm making him up? Oh, dear. And they said, well, it just, you know. I was just curious if, like, he's a literary, de- I don't remember what they said, but it was like, you're a literary device, and that you're right. not, um, because what rabbi has a sociologist slash disciples of Christ minister best friend? Yeah, it's, it's a big, a bit of a, a anomaly, I, I know a lot of my students, a lot of them would say, well, how can you be a, uh, a minister and be a social scientist at the same time? Yeah, that just doesn't seem to fit together, you know. They, they, but I can't see why they wouldn't. I know, I know. Can't get my head around that. But I can see you as the the leader of this group while they're talking. I see you writing stuff down. Oh, Larry, you have to come and watch what I do. So I do. I, I, you've never seen me do a video where I, I split my screen in half and half of it is a projector of my hand over a pad of paper and I'm writing things down. I have seen that. Yes. No, I have seen that. Yeah. That is, it mm-hmm. it goes, mm-hmm. goes well. And I'm just started the idea of sending people all the notes afterwards. And you know, what uh, quote I'm going to use on Saturday. I got a great quote from Camus. Oh, <laughs> that is so great. Good for you. They're going to well, love that. It's, it's Rose. Uh, Ken's yeah. wife just sent that to me today. Thought of you, Dad, when I read this. She got it somewhere, and uh, I thought right away I wanted to share it with Virginia. We were talking about uh, the lofty things. I said I gotta give you something that surprises me. That it came from Rose Camo is a pretty uh, esoteric thinker. And, yeah, uh, I've always appreciated what he's had to say, and. Uh, and she sent it. So, and then you came on. I thought, ah, I have to read it to both of you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just oh, I also enjoyed hearing you in Virginia do your your, <laughs> your whatever show the that grandkids, is. Brian, just get the biggest kick. Well, because the way you talk to her is just it's just so flat, and it's with love. But you say the like taken without your voice, the words you say would sound I know would sound awful you say go away Virginia but you say it with love and if I were to just put it in a transcript and it would say Larry said go away Virginia you wouldn't get the way that you say it to her that kind of banter we just had so much fun doing through the years and the the grandkids it's kind of like watching a tennis tournament where they look at her and they look at me, and, and several of them got, we've got to write a sitcom uh, with Grandma and Grandpa, the way they carry on with one another, and she dishes right back, she puts it right back to Oh, me. it's there's no, I mean, you want to talk about lovers giving to each other, uh, <laughs> you're giving it to each other. My, my granddad, uh, grandfather, 
uh, used to say it's giving someone the business, which is giving them the business meant teasing. That's right. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard that expression in a long, long time. Is that you know that phrase? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that, but it seems like it's an old time expression, giving someone the business. Let me ask you about Camus. So, and it fits into the other conversation you and I were having was Voltaire. I love Voltaire's quotes, but I just found out because they they started, they are taking his statues down in France, like it's That's that what, big a thing. I read that you you wrote that, and and I didn't know that. That's so. Like, am I not to like? Obviously, I'm going to still quote Voltaire because he had some of the best thoughts. But then sure. every time I quote Voltaire, do I have to make a, a an auditory footnote? Like I'm quoting him, even though I know that. Like what? How? What do I do there? I think that's far too pedantic. Uh, I think that if there's something good about Voltaire. You just need to flat out state it. Just but give his quote. That, yeah. And without giving a footnote that on this other issue, he was uh, well, here, diabolical. Okay. So let me, let me go on the other side of it. At the wedding yesterday, I started it and I said, um, I quoted St. Paul. Right. I, they wanted, and I read 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. I had to do a footnote on that one because otherwise any Jew sitting there is going to think what the hell rabbi is quoting from the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So I had to give a footnote there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, does the situation call for it? A lot of times it wouldn't. You know, okay. Yeah. No, okay. That's a good. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was a very loving thing, you know? Yeah. Make his family feel involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Paul was a Jew. Um, Paul, Paul, Paul definitely was. And the yeah. whole point of that quote, I said afterwards, I said, the whole point of the quote is the quote is about love. And if you're paying attention to which parts are Jewish and which parts are Christian, you're missing the whole point. That's the fun thing when you and I did weddings together. Yeah, that, I think that's when I came up with that line. Yeah, it's just, it is. It's just that love brought us together and it should bring all of you together, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. You see love practiced like that. It's just. A binding force. That's why it's so reprehensible uh, in our current political administration that there's no love there because it's so divisive. It's just so divisive. Where is the love there? And it's. Yeah. Um, you know where they go together, I, I think? Humor. Yes. The same yeah. people who have no, don't have love, they don't laugh. They might laugh at, but they don't laugh with. Sociopaths don't laugh. Jane can tell you about that. Yeah. yeah. They don't laugh. Because to laugh, belly laughs, you have to let go inside. You just have to let go, and that laughter is going to go where it goes. It's just going to erupt. It's a bombshell. Yeah. And uh, the. Well, and letting go, that's, that's, uh, letting go is the basis of a spiritual life. Yes. Not really so, sure where letting go fits in in the well, I do I kind of have some ideas, but so I've trained all of my my Saturday morning group. I start out, and the first exercise we've been doing for months has been what what are the five or six high biggest qualities of spiritual life? 
and I have them list them out. And then some weeks I bring in a, an idea like um, I'll do it this time. I'll say, where where would letting go fit in? Is letting go part of feeling connected to the infinite? Is letting go knowing that questions are more important than answers? Is letting go a priority? Is letting go about transformation? Like they know what the rubric is. And then we have a discussion and it's fantastic. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'd love to see you do a session on laughter. How does laughter relate to the spiritual life? You know, when you read when you read the Hebrew and Christian Bibles, yeah. you have to really be careful and search to find anything humorous. Yeah. Well there's there's shibboleth. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only joke that I know of. It's, it's, I don't know where you find it in the, in the New Testament. It, that's serious stuff, you know? Maybe it's Yeah, but something. no, I could, I could say Jesus said be, be like the children. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about as close as you can get right there. And how uh, about Balaam's talking donkey? That had to be a comedy yeah, sketch. Yeah. Like, but it, it winds up not being Even a funny a story. Some truth can come, right? <laughs> yeah. See, it took all the fun out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once again, it gets serious on you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's where Sufi philosophy, you know, the whirling dervishes. Yeah. Dervish. yeah. Do you know what the word dervish means? Um, I did. Uh, it means it means it was a word for someone who practiced Islam. We put it with whirling so much that we think dervish means like to spin around. It doesn't. It is a is a Muslim person. Yeah, and and but in order to get into that trance like state, yeah, they drink alcohol. That's part of the procedure on that. The part of your brain that has inhibitions, it it. Uh, oh, I just read. I just heard a podcast yeah. about this, and they said that's not exactly it. They said what alcohol do, does is it diminishes our ability to foresee into the future. And so we don't think about consequence. That's right. So that that effect seems to me has really spiritual connotations. It's part of what you said earlier, the idea of letting go. Uh, yeah. Part of the Eastern philosophy is is this notion of non-striving. Yeah, of course. Uh, get, Surrender. Meditating, stilling stilling the mind, Uh, zazen, just sitting, stilling, quieting the mind, because the mind is the great controller. Well, yeah, yeah, well, it doesn't have to be. It's no, but it's not an easy thing to get it off the throne. You know, I do my, now, do you know that I've broadcast my meditations online at 2 p.m. Pacific time? People, people join me on Facebook. I call it unguided meditation. And I said, you work today, Monday. We're just going to try to sit for five minutes. And I talk to them. And then Tuesday's seven minutes, Wednesday's 10 minutes, Thursday's 12 minutes, Friday's 20. And I say, sit sit as long as you want. I'll be here. Um, And people tune in. Some people watch it afterwards. Well, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I got another quote about letting go and not being in control. Ready for this one? Yeah. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Oh, my goodness. I heard that once. You've known that forever? Because you've been a Christian since you've been born. She a better Christian than you are, Larry. She is so much better Christian. Yeah, Jim. 
you think Jesus borrowed it from Confucius? There, 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 there's a whole notion of an East-West culture drift. <laughs> yeah, right. no, that's right. Don't let you do let good, it. let it let it go, let it speak for itself. Amen, brother. You don't have to announce it in the city square. Amen. But how will they know if I don't tell them? Well, you know how they'll know. They'll get quiet and they'll find out for themselves. Much better way. I gotta go. I love you. I love you. Uh, <laughs> send some of my love to Virginia. Okay, when I see her, I will. Bye, Thanks. buddy. Bye. That was this week's episode of Chats with Larry. Please, before you listen to another episode or do something else, think about two friends who might enjoy listening to this and send them a text or email right now. Tell them to listen to Chats with Larry. Thanks to Steve Koch, my producer. There will be another episode next week. And thanks to all of you who donate and support to Religion Outside the Box. Religion Outside the Box can be found at ROTB.org. On the website, you can sign up for the 77% weekly, my spiritual religious faith message delivered to your inbox 40 out of 52 weeks a year. You can shop at the Etsy store for great religious spiritual faith creations. Learn more about the Saturday service and stop on by some Saturday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for a live streamed dog free religious service open to everyone. And a special thanks to Virginia Keene and as always to my BFF, Larry Keene. I love you, buddy.